0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we talk defense. That's right, the Cardinals are winning with defense, which is a nice change from previous seasons. Give credit where credit is due. GM Steve Kahn made upgrading the defense a priority in the offseason, and the moves so far have paid huge dividends. One of those new faces, Devondre Campbell, been really impressed with his play, especially his coverage skills, and we'll discuss how the rest of the NFC West fared in Week 2. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 316, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side defense, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou
0: and Mike Jarecki. So fans and media love when their athletes are honest. Sometimes they can be a little too honest and it gets them in trouble. But how about DeAndre Hopkins earlier today, MJ, taking the blame for that Kyler Murray interception Sunday against Washington. Quote, the safety wouldn't have been there if I didn't run the wrong route. He later added, quote, I definitely hurt my team I definitely have to get better, play better, end quote. MJ, he has 22 receptions in two games, yet I understand what he's saying, and it certainly was a big part of Sunday's contest.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I've watched a game on on Shortcut, and I have to go back and look at this play. Yeah, because, you know, we just assumed that Kyler Murray threw an interception. We, we've talked about his accuracy and here D. Hop saying, no, I ran the wrong route, and that led to the interception. And the, and the question was, you know, even though you guys have got off to a good start, what are some of the things you need to work on? And he brought that up. And it's I'm sure it's about timing and chemistry, but yeah, that speaks volumes because you know, we had in um, – I don't think anybody asked uh, the head coach about, you know, because quarterbacks throw interceptions all the time. So, let me get this right. Murray's got two interceptions this year. One's been tipped. In the other, the receiver ran the wrong route.
0: Wow. Yeah, and – when that play initially happened in the first quarter, I thought the ball was intended for Hopkins, but then watching it again, it seemed like it sailed past Hopkins and was closer to Isabella who was in the area as well. So I went back and said, alright, maybe it was Isabella's fault, yet here you have one of your leaders. And that's what, that's the whole point of this discussion here as we begin Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals on this Tuesday, that you want your leaders to step up and hold themselves to a higher degree of accountability than anyone else, and kudos to Hopkins for doing that today.
1: Well, okay, if you want to go that route, meaning accountability, where does it start? The general manager, he's admitted, he could do a much better job evaluating draft picks. The head coach will tell you after the game, I didn't call a great game. He He's mentioned it a few times this year. The quarterback, I left some plays on the field. That's because they have accountability and they have great leaders in that locker room that can monitor that. So it's okay when they say they make a mistake or, and when you make a mistake, the the key is you don't want to make it again. So really it starts in the organization, but you know, a lot of times it's CYA. I'm, I got 22 receptions. I'm going to put up over a thousand yards. And here he told us something we obviously didn't connect the dots or was aware of. So Yes, Lee, and yes, I definitely appreciate that.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens now coming up this week with the Detroit Lions in town. Certainly expect another quality game out of DeAndre Hopkins. All right, before we move too further in this show, some roster moves since our last show on Monday. Good to see that wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. He had been there since September 11th, so now he is up and active and available. The question, though, I have for you, MJ, is you add another wide receiver to this room of weapons, if you will, between running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. With Johnson sideline these first two games, it's really put the spotlight on Andy Isabella, who I think has taken that and run with it even with Kingsbury saying that Johnson was one of those players that really had a good camp and that were anxious to see in week one.
1: Yeah, and then you got Trent Shurfield, who we know is maybe he's not going to get the uh, reps at wide receiver, but he's out there for every single special team, and that's how he's kind of carved his niche as an undrafted free agent. So, well, you know, I guess there's a downward spiral effect when you start looking at the roster now. You know, D.J. Foster... Uh, We'll get into him, and then Eno Benjamin, obviously Max Williams. You're going to get into, but you wonder can they afford to dress six receivers on game day? Um, You know, obviously, you know, only dressing two tight ends is going to be difficult. Um, So we'll have to say wait and see it happens. But they do have um, Thomas, the the tight end uh, that was at Texas Tech, and so he could be your third guy. So I don't know if they can afford to dress six wide receivers considering that Isabella's kind of been locked in at number four uh, obviously Keem Butler's no longer on the roster they got two or three guys on the practice squad and Sherfield is part of their top five wide receivers so it'd be interesting um, and you're dressing three quarterbacks on game day so it's really a numbers. Uh, when it comes to the offense skill position players.
0: Yeah, Shurfield gets the nod as that fifth wide receiver because of his ability to play special teams. You touched on it, tight end Max Williams placed on injured reserve. An ankle issue is the reason, and this is something that bothered him during training camp as well. He did play the opener, but now on IR he'll miss at least the next three games. The Cardinals do have Dan Arnold, Darrell Daniels, and you brought up Thomas Jordan, who was on the practice squad and elevated to the active roster ahead of last week's contest. Someone one that the Cardinals, I think, are very high on. He certainly has the size and then, of course, the pedigree. He's a former Houston Texan, so DeAndre Hopkins and Angelo Blackson have certainly performed, former Texans players with the Cardinals here in 2020. Maybe Jordan can be that third Houston Texan, but he is a big body for those that watched the game on Sunday. He came out, played a couple of snaps on offense, and certainly fills out that number 80 uniform.
1: Oh, he's huge. I mean, that was one of the things I noticed when they signed him in and- when they were stretching, he was standing right in front of me, and I'm like, "Um, he's wearing a tight end number, but you can put a 75 on him if you want. He looks like a lineman out there. And, again, nobody's saying he's going to, you know, release and go off for passes, but he's a guy that can definitely block, and that was the meat and potatoes in Max Williams. You know, they're going to miss Max just because they were comfortable going three wide, one tight, one back, and 11 personnel. Now, Dan Arnold is more of a pass-catching tight end. Um, and then Darrell Daniels, uh, he's a guy that can go out for passes, but he's another guy that plays on teams. And he's actually decent in the blocking game, obviously has room to improve just based on his lack of experience in the NFL.
0: And listening to Ron Wolfley before the broadcast on Sunday, he brought up Williams because how that might have affected the Cardinals' running game. Yet, when you look at what the Cardinals did on Sunday, 160 yards on the ground, 180 yards on week one, so it doesn't appear that there was that much of a drop-off, but he certainly does have that skill set of a blocker that is a little bit better or a lot better than a Dan Arnold and certainly better than Darrell. Daniels.
1: And, and and that number may be misleading because of Kyler Murray. True. So I wolf Wolf's point is well taken. He 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 came in and did a great job. We know you know, not to be redundant, but when Kirk went down, Max Williams was a big fixture and had 11 personnel. They didn't have Dan Arnold on the roster. They had Charles Clay, and then eventually they had him more. So a little misleading, but I, Wolf's point is well taken. If I had a say, he, was, he is the best blocking tight end on the roster.
0: Rounding out the series of roster moves, running back DJ Foster, a quadriceps injury that he suffered on Sunday, placed on the practice squad injured reserve list tight end Justin Johnson signed to the practice squad someone that has got good size 6'3 245 and previously with the Seahawks really disappointing news though for Foster who once again ends a season on IR and we'll see if there is a way for him to come back this year here in 2020. But uh, the local product, certainly uh, hoping to make a uh, name for himself here this year with the Arizona Cardinals after two seasons of ending his year on injured reserve. And there he is back on IR.
1: Yeah, and and really he was active because he's a good special teams player and and he plays on teams. And I I think he could be effective, you know, in pass protection and catching passes. But we all know it's really Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray. we got to include him in there. Um, not that he's throwing the ball to himself. So what does this mean for Eno Benjamin? Do the Cardinals dress three uh, you know, running backs on game day just for, you know, obviously insurance? Because we know Eno you know, Benjamin was the guy that was hoping maybe to win that kickoff return job. Um, I think he's got a long ways to go in pass protection. Um, obviously ball security. I think he's effective in, in the screen game. I wouldn't put him up there with Edmonds. Um, so interesting to see if, if Benjamin's up. Because Foster was up because he played on teams. He covered kicks. He covered punts. He, he blocked um, on return. So uh, I'm curious to see. But you do ha- need to have some insurance there. But uh, obviously the Cardinals are going to make a decision how many wide receivers, how many tight ends, and how many running backs.
0: Bird gang, if you haven't done so already, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more, As we continue here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We teased it at the end of yesterday's show, MJ, where all the talk on Monday was about the offense, and rightfully so. They get the highlights, Kyler Murray running, throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, yet the defense gets overlooked, and we're going to put the spotlight th- on them here today because, for me, that's been the biggest improvement, the biggest, I wouldn't say shock, but the pleasant surprise if you will through these first two games is what the defense has been able to do so far not only against San Francisco but last Sunday against Washington.
1: Yeah, I was banging that drum that I thought the offense had carried this team at least the first month of the season because we were talking about you know adding you know four, five, six new starters on defense and I was completely wrong. And when you look at it, Craig, I, I mean, these guys have come together. And what I really like is the new faces and new numbers and new players. And we'll start off with Devondre Campbell. And you throw in Devin Kennard and you know, Jordan Phillips and Blackson. I mean, these are new players. And I thought it would take them some time. We knew that, you know, they had the secondary, you know, kind of settle a little bit. And I thought that would be the strength going in. But this is – got to give Vance Joseph credit. Obviously, better players. um, But the fact is, guys come in and they're contributing right away, and we're not just talking about the same names making plays on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's different players, different weeks, and it's a collective effort each and every week. But let's go back to what General Manager Steve Kime had to say in the offseason, that it was his priority to upgrade and improve the defense, to give defensive coordinator Vance Joseph more pieces, and he did that. In fact, the first three players signed, Devon Kennard, Devondre Campbell, Jordan Phillips, through two games, MJ, that trio combined for 19 tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two quarterback hits, two passes defense, and a forced fumble. You don't really see that immediate production from a free agent, especially a free agent that has no offseason, so there's no OTAs, no mini camp, uh, no preseason, yet all three, And I think it's a huge reason why that this defense has, in the words of head coach Cliff Kingsbury, night and day from a year ago.
1: Well, and, you know, we talked about it in the Red Sea report, and that is usually free agents. You try to go out and sign a free agent to plug a hole because maybe you have a young draft pick that's not ready to play. But Kennard, I mean, he's brought physicality. He's brought grit. Uh, all All four of those guys, Blackson, Campbell, Kennard, and Phillips. Now, the Cardinals did have some intel uh, on Phillips. Uh, obviously, Vance was there with them along with Drake or Patrick. But, you know, like the Rams went out and got, you know, um, Andrew Whitworth, and he was a really good signing. Uh, but for the most part, teams sign guys to kind of plug a hole because, you know, maybe they don't want to, uh, you know, don't have that guy in, behind them in the draft. And these guys have come in here without an off season and they have contributed basically from game one. And you just don't see that a lot. And even Drake or Patrick, yeah, he maybe was trying to find his legs, but he played a lot more. He gives the Cardinals some uh, some options out opposite of Patrick Peterson. We don't see teams automatically just throwing to that side. So yeah, I mean it's again, I, I don't think free agency is all that. But I I look at this free agent crop, and they've done a really good job. Now it's only two games, but it beats the alternative, and they're much better. And we talked about that. Going into the offseason, that front seven had an improve, but I was wrong. I, I thought the defense, um, you know, the offense would carry these guys, and it's been the opposite, and they've made, they've made stops when they need to, and, and we always talk about special teams, you know, block punts and putting pressure on it, so that's part of the, uh, the, the equation, but yeah, give them credit, and again, better players, better production, uh, better team. And if you want to
0: throw in Angela Blackson into that mix as well, and the numbers back up exactly what you're saying, MJ. The Cardinals' defense, as you said, small sample size, number one in third down defense, number one in red zone defense, and number two in allowing just 17.5 points per contest. I don't know if that's going to continue through 16 16- full games but it's certainly a great start and now to a certain extent the bar has been set there is an expectation level now by this defense and I don't think it's just me saying it or the fans saying it but my guess is defensive coordinator Vance Joseph now was saying all right this is what we started this is what we've become so let's keep going and move forward here in 2020.
1: Yeah and you know we were talking to Jordan Phillips uh, earlier in the day and he mentioned that there's not a huge drop-off when they start playing their twos, and he didn't want to use the word twos. He said one A and one B, and they have a good rotation going. An inside linebacker, outside linebacker, Hassan Reddick, Rashard Lawrence got more playing time. Um, you know, Corey Peters is, is is playing you know a good amount of snaps, but yeah, I mean you got to give him a lot of credit. And you know, last year they couldn't get teams off the field, and this year on third down, uh, their opponents are six for 23. That's 26%. And in the red zone, their their opponents are two for seven. That's 29%. Um, you know, the Cardinals have run 151 offensive plays. The defense has only been on the field for 121. That's an improvement. Uh, the defense has given up 341 yards on uh, per game. The Cardinals' offense is 421. So um, these numbers last year are, are so different from – Usually the defense was given a 400 yards, and the Cardinals are barely getting to 300 yards. So uh, you could see a difference. And, you know, my my three stats on – well, four stats on defense obviously contain the run because they could be backbreakers. Third down conversions, get them off the field. Red zone opportunities and points allowed to me is the number one thing. And when you're only giving up 17-5, we know this team can score over 20, 25 points a game.
0: Now, on the flip side, a number that is not saying a lot of positive things about this defense, and that's from the players, including Jordan Phillips, who addressed the media earlier on Tuesday, and that is the number 120. That is the opponent's rushing average over the course of two games, and that is something that no one likes to see because, as Phillips mentioned, you want that number to be under 100 he also pointed out he did not like how this team finished in the second half a shutout at halftime yet not able to keep Washington out of the end zone especially in that fourth quarter did they let their foot off the gas perhaps but certainly as much as we're sitting here praising the defense because of their outstanding numbers there is as we talked about with the offense on Monday certainly room for improvement
1: well I've been banging that drum about how improved the front seven is this was his quote it's two games in. Don't crown us, unquote. I love it. And I, th- I think they, you know, even probably a, a little bit lesser when I mention this, they wanted to give Vance Joseph a birthday present with a shutout. And Cliff mentioned they went through the motions in the second half. This is, this is to me, great leadership and accountability. This guy's been here for one year. And he's basically saying we're not satisfied, and that's why this team is going to win football games this year. When they step on the field, they are confident and comfortable. As I pointed out last year, they were hoping to keep it close and then win in the fourth quarter. That's not that's it's totally opposite from a year ago. So, props to these players because, yeah, I mean you you look nationally. Oh, Kyler Murray's in the MVP race, and and. The question was posed to DeAndre Hopkins today, and he, he's obviously putting Murray in the race. And uh, Howard Balzer from SI said, well, you know, the average over X amount of years, you got to win 13 games. So, I mean, so, in other words, there's a lot of people patting these guys on the back. We, we've we said, just based on interviews and talking to people, this team has yet to play a full four quarters. And I don't know if you're ever going to have a perfect game, but there's, there's definitely room for improvement. Um, I think special teams has done a good job, but I'm sure Jeff Rogers is in there saying we can get better too. But they're playing complementary football. They're not just relying on offense, defense, and specialty. They're they're playing complementary football, and they're playing good situational football. You know what they're not doing, Craig? Beating themselves.
0: And they are making mistakes, but hopefully those mistakes aren't repeated during the course of a game and, of course, during the course of the season.
1: Well, if we're going to go down this road, 14 negative plays – 158 yards, and that's including the 11 penalties. The Cardinals have been penalized 20 times for 199 yards in two games. Kingsbury made a point of emphasis in week one, and we're still seeing it. And, and again, um, it's wide ranges of block in the back, illegal block above the waist, holding, chop block, intentional grounding, delay, tripping, false starts. It's been a wide variety of penalties. We talk about pre-snap penalties, in other words, delay a game, um, and then post-snap penalties. You know, uh, you know, obviously going after a player. But these are a wide range of, of penalties. But they got to clean it up.
0: One player we I do want to single out on that defense, and it's one of the newcomers, and it's linebacker Devondre Campbell. Thoroughly impressed by what he has shown through the first two games. Not so much in the stat sheet. He's filled up the stat sheet. In fact, on Sunday against Washington, he... Tied Jordan Hicks with a team-high 10 tackles, added two tackles for loss and two passes defense. And it's that last at MJ, the passes defense, because his coverage skills through two games has been phenomenal. And that was an area that was an issue. We talked all season long, covering the tight end. Do they have an inside linebacker to be able to do it? Well, he's not only covering tight ends, he's covering running backs as well.
1: Listen, I mean – Buda Baker, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, we know those are their five-star players. I can make the case, you know, Chandler, you know, even though he has one sack, he also has six hits on the quarterback. He's probably getting double and triple team, and that's why it's freeing it up. But between Baker and Campbell, early on as the leaders and the MVPs of the defense, this guy signed a one-year deal Good salary, $7.5 million, and the Cardinals were surprised that he was only looking for a one-year deal. Now, he bet on himself. The Cardinals obviously drafted Isaiah Simmons after they signed Campbell, um, but he's putting himself in that conversation as one of the better inside linebackers, and you're right. He he can tackle in the flat. He's physical at the point of attack. He can cover tight ends. Um, he can do a lot of different things. He's just not a one-trick pony, so that, that was a great signing, and... You know, for, again, we're not hearing, well, I played in a different scheme. Um, we, some position, but all, all of those guys we mentioned, Kennard, it looks like he's been in this defense for a year. We look at Phillips, looks like he's been in this defense. This is unusual. Usually it takes time, and I think we're seeing a little bit of on offense with, with Hopkins, even though the numbers reflect that he's playing well. This is unusual. You go to a scheme, and now, granted, a lot of it, Teams are playing a 4-3 or a 3-4 in the terminology, but coaches coach different. So, again, what they're doing is – I don't want to use the word surprising because they put the work in, but it's impressive what they're doing.
0: And if you watch or re-watch that game on Sunday, any time the ball was in the area of Logan Thomas, the Washington tight end, nine times out of ten it was Campbell in coverage. And anytime he – he didn't always get his hand on the ball but he made it difficult for Thomas to catch the ball and there was a lot of excitement on that Cardinal sidelines anytime he made a play and i think guys are starting to feed off one another who makes the big play who makes the next play not that they're trying to top one another but okay you did it now it's my turn and the fact that it's not just one person and the defensive line linebackers are in the secondary it's taking all 11 guys and the backups. There's a good rotation on the line, the linebackers, and in the secondary that has accounted for this help 2-0 and start.
1: Well, I remember one play. It um, looked like Logan was running a, a route, and then he had to come back for the ball, and Campbell drilled him, and he dropped the ball.
0: Well, Campbell certainly has the size to match up with tight ends, and I think we're seeing that he also has the speed as well to keep up with those tight ends.
1: And – Okay, so he's really good in, in the run game, the tackles. He's good in coverage, but he's got grit and he's got physicality. And, you know, and that that's the way he plays. You could see it. Like, he's playing. This is, is going to be his last game in the NFL. And
0: he's playing so well right now, MJ, that Isaiah Simmons is not playing. He was only on the field for seven snaps on Sunday, and this is not an indictment on Simmons. It's how well – Campbell is playing and this is a good problem to have and I don't want to hear Bird Gang saying oh what about the draft pick look if he's not ready or if he is ready but you have someone in front of him that is better you play the better player you don't play Isaiah Simmons just because he needs reps I mean that's you need to win a ball game right now and the Cardinals are winning the ball game with Devondre Campbell on the field and unfortunately right now Simmons on the sidelines listen
1: they they owe it to those guys in the locker room this isn't about developing guys. I mean, he listen, I'm not down on Isaiah Simmons. This is the perfect scenario. I mean, yeah, you draft a mate overall, you would think he's on the field. But if they didn't have Campbell, I'd be having a different conversation. If they didn't have Jordan Hicks, yeah, I mean, we, we, we said it, temper the enthusiasm. He didn't have a preseason. He struggled in week one. The bottom line is they have better players in front of him, and it's not a knock on him. These guys have been in the league. Jordan Hicks has been a seasoned veteran. Campbell's a seasoned veteran. Um, Tanner Vallejo's got more time in the league. You know, you look at some – Zeke Turner. I mean, they've they've carved their niches in different spots, but th- this is not an indictment on him. Listen, he's going to be part of – you didn't draft him for one year. You drafted him for the next five years, and injuries occur. Listen, I, got, I love what they're doing. It's slow play. Um, I'm sure he's motivated. And every time you talk to his room, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. And he's learning. And to me, it's got to be eating him upside because this came natural and easy for him in college. I think he realized in week one, this is the National Football League.
0: Well, you can make the argument that this might be the best case scenario for a young player. Talking about Isaiah Simmons because he's got Jordan Hicks and he's got Devondre Campbell. Two players that he can look... And learn from and ask questions of and two players that have been very open and honest about being willing to answer those questions and guide the young player around now if campbell's not here i completely understand you're playing isaiah simmons and you're sinking and swimming and you're going to go him. growing pains exactly and that's what we saw week one now did he start both games yes he did. But that might be just certain packages, and there is a package for Simmons. We heard that from Coach Joseph last week. He has certain plays in which he'll be on the field for, but until he can show that he's a better option, he's going to remain a spectator because Campbell is that much better, at least right now as we speak.
1: Yeah, and and what did I say, you know, just based on with lack of preseason and really our true training camp, the ramp up here, he couldn't hit a lot. I am interested to see his snap count in the month of September. We see it went high in round, first, first week, going down. Um, they'll, they'll find a role for him. He's, he's a talented player, but it's just a different animal playing in the National Football League.
0: Uh, by the way, speaking of snap counts, we do need to mention this, and uh, hopefully uh, the player does not take offense, but uh, Jordan Hicks, for the first time in his Cardinals career, yeah. has missed a snap, and not just a snap. He was off the field for five snaps in that contest on Sunday. He went down to a knee, and immediately once the training staff comes out, that's an automatic, you got to come off the field for at least one snap. And it was just unfortunate that while he was on the sidelines, Washington scored, but he was fine. He'll be okay, but he prides himself. Streak's broken? Yeah, the streak is broken, but he prides himself on being on the field for every single play and unfortunately, I don't know the official snap count, but it was well over 1,000. And unfortunately, he will not play every single snap in 2020.
1: Well, in a perfect scenario, team has a nice lead in the fourth quarter in the last five minutes of the game. That's when you bring in Isaiah Simmons.
0: Yeah, but I get the feeling Hicks wouldn't even like that. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of players that want to be on the field Well, all the way until the end, no matter be, the final score. Let's
1: be honest. I mean, when he signed here, he's good when he's healthy. And he proved that he could stay healthy. He was a tackling machine. Now I want to see those tackles at the line of scrimmage. He only can do uh, last year when he's making tackles five or six yards down. But in the perfect scenario, you know, his body's built to play every snap. But, in, you know, I'm sure he wants to be fresh in December and January if this team's going to make a run.
0: Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Before we close up shop here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, something we started last week and want to continue throughout this season, is looking at how the rest of the NFC West fared over the weekend. And we know right now this is the best division in football it's inarguable collectively they are seven and one talking about the Cardinals Seahawks Rams and 49ers who have the lone defeat and that came against the Cardinals in week one let's touch on the 49ers they did win on the road last Sunday against the Jets 31 to 13 first offensive play from scrimmage Raheem Mostert 80 yard touchdown run and the 49ers were off to the races Jimmy Garoppolo throws a couple of touchdowns yet the wheels kind of fell off as far as the number of players now on the sidelines in terms of injuries. You ready for this? Garoppolo, Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, and that was even before they did not play George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Richard Sherman, and D Ford. And in the case of Bosa and Solomon Thomas, ACLs. They are done for the season.
1: Wow. That, I mean, that's hard to overcome. And, you know, obviously they play at the Jets and if you want to get, you know, in the winner's circle, that's the team you play. But I hate to see injuries and, you know, they can use some steady veterans right now. And unfortunately, they got, they moved on from DeForest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders. Now, hopefully they get some of the receivers back and and Brandon Ayuk. But this is not the way you want to start your season. I mean, I mean, it. There's There's been injuries across the board, but we're obviously focusing on the West. But I still think they got a good team. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to have to get more from their defense. I think Robert Sale was really upset in that Cardinals game the way Murray was running around. And, you know, getting a Richard Sherman who's going to miss at least another game or two. Um, but th- they don't have the depth they had a year ago. That's the bottom line there. And, you know, Trent Williams is a good pickup, they got McClinchy. Um, but you need to stay healthy at certain positions, and I definitely think it gave the Cardinals an advantage when they didn't have their two top receivers in Week 1.
0: Well, there is some good news with Garoppolo. Despite the ankle sprain he suffered on Sunday, there is somewhat of a chance, at least if you believe head coach Kyle Shanahan, that he might be able to play this week at the Giants, the second straight road game, but the second straight game at MetLife Stadium. And if you've heard the conversation come out of San Francisco, they were upset. With the field conditions at MetLife Stadium, even though the NFL did take a look and their independent investigation said everything is fine.
1: Well, we know high ankle sprains can linger, just like hamstrings can linger. You said they're playing the Giants? Yes. Okay. Um, Maybe they don't need Garoppolo? Is that what you're getting hinting yes. at? Yes. Okay. Now, Greg Williams, I don't trust that guy. I'm sorry. Um, they've been told all week how bad they are and they should fire the coach and Sam Donald's off the same quarter I'm going there with Nick Mullins. Now, that means Garoppolo would not be the backup. You don't, If he's healthy enough to play, you start him. But in a pinch, maybe he could be the backup. But I'm not risking it this early in the season. But they have more information than we do. Um, I'm sure when he got hurt initially, they, they did a really nice tape job on the sidelines. I was surprised that he finished the game, to be honest with you.
0: Elsewhere in the division, the Rams improved to 2 and 0. They won on the road at the Eagles 37 to 19. They jumped out to an early 21 to 3 lead. Jared Goff, maybe they're maybe people buried him earlier than uh, anticipated because he completed his first 13 pass attempts, finished 20 of 27 for 267 yards and three touchdowns all to the tight end Tyler Higbee who had three touchdown catches all of last season. That Rams offense, MJ, four hundred and forty-nine total yards.
1: It's impressive, huh? and you would think without Gurley now, they are, they do have healthy backs and running back by committee. Tyler Higby, uh, he put up big numbers in December, and they got Jared Everett there. They got Cooper Cup, who's probably the best slot receiver in football. So you, you would think they go double uh, tight ends, but you don't want to take Cooper Cup off the field. Um, I'm still cautious about their defense. I, I think they got some players. Obviously, Aaron Donald, they got a young coordinator. But listen to this. Since Sean McVay's been the coach since 2017, the Rams have won all five early East Coast kickoffs, and they've scored at least 30 points every time, and they're headed to Buffalo to try to extend that streak to 6-0. and I mean, with McVay, and if they can protect golf, and everything's predicated on play action, and if they go running back by committee and they do just enough on the offensive line, maybe they are an 8- or 9-win team. Um, But I think this is the year the Cardinals have to pass the Rams if they want to be in that conversation. And We know that over the years they've had the Niners number. Going into last year, they were 8 out of the last 10. They lost both games last year and then this year. um, Seattle, the Cardinals have a a decent 500 record against, but this is the year they got to get past the Rams. Ever since McVay's been there, they have been the hammer, and the Cardinals have been the nail. The Seahawks,
0: they are also undefeated 2-0. They beat the Patriots on Sunday night football 35-30, an excellent goal line stop of Cam Newton to end the ball game, and now the Seahawks will host the Cowboys coming up this week. Certainly a great back-to-back scenario for the Seahawks. That defense, there was a lot of excitement after upending, literally upending Newton, two, two or three yards shy of that goal line.
1: I mean, I know it's early, but are they going to have the offense and defensive player of the year? It wouldn't surprise me. Russell Wilson and
0: Jamal Adams? I mean, you look at what Wilson was able to do, four touchdown passes, 322 yards, nine different receivers caught passes, and they're throwing the ball a lot here to begin the season.
1: I mean, they were. he's a difference maker, Jamal Adams. I mean, we look at Buda Baker. I mean, this guy can play in the slot. He can blitz off the edge. He plays in the box. I, it's early, but that that is – I mean, he really gives that team, you know, the, the old legion of boom. They may not have the name there. Um, I still want to see them find a pass rusher, you know, because the Niners went out and got Ziggy Ansah. I still think they're lacking there, but what Russell Wilson is doing, and they don't have a great offensive line.
0: Well, but we've been saying that for years now, (laughs) and Russell Wilson continues to perform despite... Yeah. They're not going away. They, like the 49ers, though, did suffer significant injuries. Marquise Blair and Bruce Irvin both suffered torn ACL, so they are on the shelf for the rest of the year. And What was the number? Like seven ACL injuries over the course of Sunday afternoon, so... Um I think it's just – and we touched on it yesterday a little bit. It, I think it's more bad luck than anything else, but you certainly hate to see it. Uh, and knock on wood, it uh, bypasses the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, every team. I mean, you always want to play them at full strength. And, you know, I, there's no, no, no research done at this point in time that because they didn't play in the preseason – um, you're always going to have soft tissue issues just because, you know, again, they didn't play in the preseason, and they really had a ramp-up training camp. They had a conditioning th- stuff, but it wasn't the same off season. So you just wonder, um, but a lot of times it, you, you it doesn't have to be contact to, to get a torn ACL. It's, it's basically your body telling you, you know, you you worked hard enough here, and I'm going to, you know, it's not going to be able to recover anytime soon. So I don't want to see injuries with any team. I want to play everyone at full strength.
0: Yeah, typically it's those non-contact yeah injuries in which the knee gives the scout, out. Wear and tear.
1: Yeah. Or it could just be, you know, you don't want to say it, but sometimes, you know, you can put it in the turf and you and you can't pick your leg up as fast or your foot up as fast and it gets caught there. So, it it you know, I have to break each one down, but – um, I just I I don't like to see it and and you know in the guys we're talking about they're they're household names not that I want the 53rd guy to get on the team this affects franchises and uh, it's part of football though that's why it's a physical sport
0: we'll see how the NFC West fares this coming week it is week three and of course highlighted by the Cardinals hosting the Detroit Lions at State Farm Stadium
1: all right so this is the week now growing up in upstate New York. I always used to call it Detroit. Now I call it Detroit. Is it Detroit? I always called it Detroit. Detroit.
0: D-E-T, right? And no one's ever argued with me, so I'm just going to keep calling it Detroit. Not Detroit? Not, Detroit? Not, although, that what was it, the uh, public address announcer for the Pistons always would say Detroit basketball. but
1: That was because he was trying to be clever. Yeah, exactly. He tried to hype
0: up the crowd, but no. Detroit will be in town the lions yes there you go (laughs) there you go we can actually go with a mascot this week couldn't do that last week but uh, that's a whole nother issue here (laughs) on that note before we get into trouble let's put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim amahandro for mike jurecki i'm craig Rayolu. we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two